Hey everyone, my name is Carly Ann, and I'm a health and wellness enthusiast who dropped out of grad school to travel the world and discover my real passion and desire for helping others. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm kind of just figuring it out as I go. I'm on an ever-evolving journey that is often messy, unsure, and a bit crazy at times, but I am choosing crazy over easy. Throughout each episode, I hope you find yourself inspired and motivated to love the journey you are on while also learning to appreciate when things feel like somewhat of a hot mess. Thanks again for tuning in. I am your host, Carly Ann, and this is the Crazy Over Easy Podcast. Welcome back to the Crazy Over Easy podcast. As always, I am so excited to have you guys back on today. If you did see the title of today's episode, it's definitely going to be based around discomfort and those uncomfortable conversations and the things that I chatted about in um, a few episodes back. But this is definitely a conversation that I want to continue, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, and one that I think needs to be continued. I think it's something that was brought to our attention through the media, through social media, and it can strike our awareness at that moment in time. But as we will discuss today, it is something that needs to be integrated into our homes. It is something that needs to stem from discomfort. And with you know nobody better, in my opinion, to bring on, I do have Danielle back on with us, who I am so excited to have back on today, not only with her spirit and her energy and her joy, but also she's somebody who I am comfortable with, but also able to get uncomfortable with. And I think as we will learn in today's episode, that is where the learning starts. That is where the growth come from. So without further ado, Danielle, will you say hello? Hello, everybody. I'm Danielle. I'm so excited to be back. Um, thank you for having me, Carly. Always. I, you know what? The feedback we got last time, and if you guys are, are new to the, the show or have not listened, Danielle literally lit a fire within all of us when it comes to <laughs> our health and fitness journey, when it comes to finding our why. And not only, you know, Danielle, you being the human being that you are, but just the way that you express things and they come from such a deep level of passion, whether it is health and fitness, whether it is the topic we are talking about today. I just appreciate you. I appreciate what you're willing to share on social media. Um, And that's something that I think is hard to find these days, you know, that authenticity, um, but also that willingness to be your own person. And that's something that, you know, I told you in the last episode from day one, there was just something about you that you shared within the fitness industry and within the health space of this is my journey. This is how I go about things. And I'm not going to change who I am. And I'm loving seeing that side of you come out through, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and through everything with um, being open about oppression and just these topics that I'm not going to lie. I've, you know, I've talked to you about I'm uncomfortable with, but that's because Mm -hmm. of my lack of knowledge. Um, And so I just appreciate you. I think a lot of us can filter a lot, if that makes sense, especially on social media. And you've done such an incredible job again, obviously stemming from the fitness side, because that's how you showed up on the space initially. But now just through all of this, it's like, oh, wait, like we have a voice and we also have a a place to 
a kind of a responsibility, if that makes sense, to either put out the fact that I'm uncomfortable with this. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, and I'm going to admit, I've told you, I think my responsibility right now is to admit my discomfort and admit my space of learning. Um, I don't think my split, my space or my place is to educate. I can show what I'm doing, but I also know that I have a lot of growth and like, we're going to continue to talk about in this episode. It's something that continues through life, right? Like it's something that's, it's ever changed. It's, ever evolving, I guess, within the home. So, you know, one thing I love that you always say is change requires discomfort. So if you could kind of just unpack that a little bit for us with especially this topic, and I don't, is it wrong of me to not want to call it a movement? Like, I feel like for me, that was so media driven, whereas like, Mm -hmm. I want this to be something that's I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess that's where I'm at. I'm like, yeah. gosh, I feel like a movement is a, is a space and time. Right. Yeah. I, and that term has been, you know, it's kind of like a buzzword that gets played yeah. out super quickly, I think. Um, but, you know, when you look back through history, the civil rights movement, like that was the, that's what, you know, we defined the coming True. together as. So un- unfortunately, I, I totally, it kind of sounds lame, but you know, I think that is the appropriate definition to define the change that's happening. Um, I don't want to call it like an awakening because, you know, this has, you know, it's always been there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I will say I have, I've noticed a lot of change within myself, within um, my inner circle and just overall the people that I interact with on my platform as well. So, you know, there is change happening and it is moving forward, I think. So I do think that movement is a correct word, but like you said, you know, (laughs) with any great movement comes a lot of uncomfortable conversations, a lot of just digging deep. And, you know, when you were kind of going through the opening, Carly, this there's discomfort on both sides. I just want to kind of yeah. put that out there. I am I am constantly uncomfortable addressing race on my platform. Yeah. Constantly. And um I Does that stem a- from a place of like judgment or just like, and cuz like for me I'm concerned that I say something wrong because I mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that's where my my discomfort comes from. So I guess. It comes from a few places for me. Um, it's And that's okay. the thing too. It sucks. It's like anything, any way I answer one of these questions, it's like, it's a very, I don't know how, what the exact word is, but there's, all, it's a very complex answer <laughs> for, for, for everything. Sure. So it's a, it's a lot of really complex emotions going on. But for me, uh, my discomfort comes from a few places. One being like, this is a topic and a conversation that I have lived my life up until I'm I'm 30 years old now, 30 years old. I have suppressed my feelings about this to make um, the predominantly white world that I grew up in comfortable and more comfortable accepting me into the room and accepting me into conversations and their lives. So this is a topic that, you know, I never wanted to address because it's, you know, I didn't want to make my white friends uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Um, so there, that's part of it. But also, you know, I, 
as a lighter skinned black woman, I haven't, and I, and I'm not going to lie. I grew up in a very, while my family had an, of course their share of hardships, I have grown up very fortunate and, uh, yeah. I, I haven't personally experienced a lot of the injustices that, you know, my black brothers and sisters have. And I think colorism, I don't know if that's a term that a lot of people are familiar with, but colorism is very real. And me being a lighter skinned black woman, I don't even have to deal with a lot of the injustices that my darker skinned black um, brothers and sisters have to deal with. So it's almost like, am I even allowed to talk about how this affects me? Because I'm not, you know, I'm not getting the full brunt of it which I am incredibly grateful for. But at the end of the day, it, it makes me question my authenticity talking about it. And oh my gosh. so that is, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. These are very complex yeah. emotions that, know, are, that are coming through. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's so crazy. I mean, and I, I'm going to fully admit like my, a lot of my recent learning has definitely been, I'm a, like, I have to, um, I'm like a visual learner. So I'm definitely somebody mm-hmm. watching documentaries, watching movies. Those are the things that have been helping me lately. I've purchased a lot of books, especially kiddo books with us having a little one on yeah. the way. We're just trying to learn how we can. I mean, we read to my belly every night, but lately we've been reading these new books just so that we can strike up the conversation, you know, amongst Casey and I like, Hey, right. how do we go about this? Cause what I am learning is it's not about being colorblind, right? You do right. want to know like, and that's new to me. I'm not going to lie. That's something that part of me is like, gosh, why do I want to teach that there are different races? But at the same time, it's the same thing that you would teach about anybody's differences doesn't mean exactly. that it's a bad thing. So exactly, you know, ha- having, and so right now it's so crazy having these little kit books, Casey and I are relearning. And I mean, Casey comes from a very diverse background. I mean, his cousin is half black, half Mexican. He's half Mexican. Like he comes from a very like it was just in his family. Right. And so yeah. uh, that's been a, you know, a great conversation for us to have, but for us to stop in the middle of these, I mean, literally, you know, three-year-old books and have conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so lately we have been doing a ton of watching movies, things like that, but we'll find ourselves pausing in the middle of these shows or these movies to carry for forward a conversation. And this sounds awful, but I think some of the things that are in these movies and these shows I would have questioned whether they were dramatized because mm-hmm. I hadn't directly heard it from the media yet, if that makes sense. So, you know, we've right. watched uh, Just Mercy. We've watched 13th. We've watched uh, When They See Us. Now we're watching Dear White People, which is definitely more of like a TV series. But at the same mm-hmm. time, the topics that are in it, I'm like, I literally will pause the episode. I'm like, Casey, we just saw this. Is this real? Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, is it was all recorded in 2017, which isn't that long ago, but I, I could foresee myself had I watched it in 2017, I can fully admit, I probably would have asked like, does that happen? Like, is that really going on? Like, is this just a little bit dramatized? Whereas now I'm like, wait, 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 how am I watching, you know, the first three 30 minute episodes and all of this has literally been in the news within the last 10 days. Like that's just where, and you got to kind of think about it. The, the worst On a part about level. that, yeah, yeah. The worst part about that is that it honestly is it's probably being dialed back for TV. Yeah, I hundred. Yep, I'm. That's and, so true, and that's something and that it's now happening I'm every day. 
every single day. Yeah. And that's where it's been, you know, like you, I know I've talked to you over the last month, a couple of times just with like, you know, I don't even know what to say. Like, is this correct? Whatever. And you're just like, whatever's Mm -hmm. on your heart is perfect. Right. Like whatever you're feeling. And so there's, it's been one of those things. I love how much you've been putting out just, you know, Hey, and everybody really how like it starts in the home, right? Like this isn't Mm -hmm. going to be something that is going to maybe change within our generation, but you know, I'm 31. I just turned 31. I have that ability now with this child inside of me to change that. Like I have that ability to make that next step. And that's where I'm just like, okay, this isn't something that is going to be fixed overnight, nor, nor should it, right? We would hope, but I think that's something that I'm now learning. It's okay for me to pause these shows and to look at Casey and to have a very uncomfortable conversation with my husband, whom, you know, I've known now for how many years and we've discussed parenting and all this stuff. And now we're literally like, wait, we need to reconsider a lot of things Mm -hmm. because this just brings a lot of other topics to our attention, but it's also something that is very important to us and how we want to raise a little one. Uh, I don't, I just feel like I've learned, I've learned so much about myself, but I've also learned so much about conversation just within the last five weeks. Yeah. I think that that willingness to have that conversation is what we need a lot more of. And it's, it's wild to me because, you know, there's still so many, and it's encouraging because I hear people like you tell your story and like are actively learning, but there are still so many people that are still so set in their previous judgments and previous ways that, you know, being willing to educate yourself is, is not, it's not on the table for a lot of people yeah. still. And so, yeah, you know, when, when thinking about that, it's, it's a little disheartening, but you know, it gives me hope knowing that there are people actually having these uncomfortable conversations because honestly, I, from a personal standpoint, I have dated all races and it's something that is on my mind early on in the dating, um, in the dating world. Like I, if I'm going on a date with a white man, I automatically have to think, especially like being 30, you have to kind of, you know, think about down the line, like, will this, like, how would I raise a black child with this white man? Like, what would, how would they, how would they rate, like, what are their thoughts on, you know, race too? And with just like the climate of the world lately, you know, that's, those are very real conversations that like I I have to have. Yeah. And it's, I, it's, very, it's awful. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. I, so I feel naive to the fact. So my best friend, she, she is black. I literally call her my sister with like her family's my family. She was one of my bridesmaids and I was in her wedding two years ago, actually next month. And she married a white man. And I mm-hmm. was so shocked to learn about uh, loving day this year. I didn't realize that mm-hmm. it was only 53 yeah. years ago that right. white, a white woman or, you know, an interracial marriage was legal. And that to me, for me to stand up as a bridesmaid in, in a wedding of, you know, interracial, in, I didn't in even know that wedding, like yeah. that. Yes. And so now, I mean, this is my best friend, right? Like this is somebody who I literally like, she's in my phone as sister, like, and not right. sister because she's black, like sister because girlfriend is my family. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, and I've, and like we were talking prior to this episode, 
I almost feel ashamed now that I've never had these conversations with her. Like she stood up next to me at my wedding. I stood up next to her at her wedding and I've never even thought to have these conversations. I've never even, I don't, I just, I don't know. And that's something that I'm like, how do you bring up these conversations? You know how, or like you said, these are things that you have conversations with over wine, right? Like you, you know, you talk about your relationships, you talk about your good day, your bad day, your struggles with work, whatever it is. How would, how would I like, I guess if you and I were just to be sitting down at home, you know, I'm over out in Chicago and I'm having a glass of wine with you. Like what, what are things that a friend, like, you know, me being a white female, what can I strike up? What kind of conversation can I have or to check in? Or, you know, I feel like we're always checking in on our emotional state, but like I would Mm -hmm. never even as even wonder to check in with that, you know, and like my best friend, she's a doctor. She's an OBGYN. She just passed, uh, you know, finished residency two weeks ago. And to see some of the things that she's been sharing just about, um, just even things within the medical system of Mm -hmm. uh, oppression. And I was just like, I didn't even know this. Like you're here kicking your ass, you know, for seven years becoming a doctor. And I didn't even know that like you've had these exterior struggles that I have never asked about. So I guess how would one strike up that conversation or where would you even start? (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's been, it's been really eye opening for me because just to give you a little bit of background on like how I grew up, um, I went to, from the beginning, I went to an, a predominantly white private school. And when I say predominantly, I was the only black kid in every class. Um, not just not three, four, five kids out of 20. Like I was the only one. Um, and then okay. moving through junior high, um, pretty, you know, we got a little bit more diverse, but, you know, still in every classroom, there was maybe one or two of us. And, you know, same through high school, same, same in college, my, my university was predominantly white, I was in a white sorority, um, which was a little controversial as well. So, you know, I have always, you know, I've, I've always have had a majority of white friends. And this is a, a conversation that until now, until today, I have never had with my, uh, with my best friends, my best friend, like my, I can easily say, I obviously have black best friends as well. Um, but my, my best friend in the world is white. Um, and we've had some conversations like this, but it will, some of the, some of the conversations have stemmed from me correcting something that she said and not correcting in like a harsh way, just kind of suggesting why that could be offensive and why that doesn't make me uncomfortable. So we've kind of had some of those conversations, but lately when my friends have been seeing the things that, you know, cause I've been very outspoken about this on my Instagram and my platform. And, you know, I, I have said, you know, my silence is just, it's, it's not acceptable. I have a responsibility in this space to show up and, and speak my mind. So I've been doing that. And I've been saying things that even my, that my best friends, my sorority sisters have not felt uncomfortable, like saying, but it's taken them a, a second to be like, Hey, do you actually feel this way? Like how, why did I never know this? Um, are, are you okay? How are you feeling? And now, um, in the beginning, when I first kind of spoke out about 
George Floyd and my reaction to that, I think it kind of took them a second to realize that these were like real true feelings that I was having and that I'm putting out there. And now it's gotten to the point where they are actively reaching out and it's it doesn't have to be like a hey did you hear this news story how do you feel about this are you okay you know it doesn't have to be um like that it just the just the effort of them saying hey just checking in on you like how are you feeling um uh how 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 did this how did your day go you know just just very things like that are very appreciated I I think and and it doesn't have to be like a big setup conversation but like if you have a question about something I would just say hey um I heard this like I I just wanted to know or I I saw you say this or something and I just wanted to know how you're doing how you're feeling yeah and um in an effort to educate myself to better like stick up for you in these circumstances or have these uncomfortable conversations, like what, what can I do? Um, it, it's a hard, it's a, it's a hard question to answer because at the same time, it's really not on like all of these conversations and all of this being brought forward for the black community is exhausting. And it is, yeah. it's so hard to continuously relive this over and over and over again. And then also like feel a responsibility to, educate your white friends because yeah. it's, it's not our responsibility. Uh, we shouldn't have to, but at the end of the day, yeah, if it's your friend and they're coming from a good hearted yeah. place, like I, I don't think that they'll have a problem just being like, yeah, like this is how I feel. And this For is sure. one way that we could, we could do better together, you know? So yeah. it, and it, it doesn't and have to be crazy. For as I say, it's a different level of like energy energy exertion if it's coming mm-hmm. from a friend. Right. Um, and, you know, I think for me also, I since this is so new, it's like I'm trying to apply it to other things as well. And you know, I know we've talked about, you know, I know for me. So when you when you say like reach out, right? Like if you and I think in any situation, we should all probably learn to reach out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be based off of this. I think this is a great opportunity for us to realize like, hey, we should probably check in with our our friends a little bit more. We we see social media posts, but it doesn't mean that we're actually interacting with them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one thing that I have been trying to correlate it to a little bit, just even through this conversation, you know, watching you post certain things. And like you said, like it does, um, it's triggering, right? Like we all Mm -hmm. have triggers and you don't want to, like you said, you don't want to necessarily keep reliving it, but it is something that you grow from and something you continue to learn from. And I know for me, um, and again, this is totally like totally sidetracked, but like with the miscarriage, like I've had a lot of triggering moments since then, but Mm -hmm. now, you know, when I do see other women go through it or, um, when I, you know, I, I have those people that will reach out now just to be like, Hey, I saw this. I didn't know if it maybe, you know, triggered you just thinking of you or vice versa. If I do that to them. And again, it's, it's something that I think I've learned from that, you know, now when I do, I've, since our miscarriage, I've actually had a couple friends go through other fertility struggles. And it's something that I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's not something I be quiet about. Like I don't just watch them post about it. I need to actually reach out, you know, and that's what I'm learning now with this whole movement and me learning. It's like, Oh gosh, when somebody just posts something, it could be actually something that they're feeling and they want to talk about a little bit more, but 
they're just sharing their piece of it, if that makes sense. Um, right. Right. And so that's something that I'm trying, you know, just making that correlation game and, you know, listening to you talk about, again, this is sadly like, so growing up, I, I actually did not live in, um, Washington when I grew up, my parents were working for actually the same international resort company I worked for. They worked mm-hmm. for club med the first three years of my life. And I've been having a lot of conversations with my parents. And like you said, you know, that's where I'm learning is through conversation and through, documentaries and all that, but the conversations have been my biggest thing that I've been trying to have, especially with my family. And it was interesting to talk to my parents because I guess when we moved back to the States, I was a little bit older than three and I came home from preschool and it was interesting because I heard this from two, I heard this from my mom and then from my dad, like they both told me this story. And I came home and I asked where all the chocolate kids and my parents said it was the first time that they had ever heard me for one differentiate color, mm-hmm. but for two that I had reckoned because we were living in third world countries. I mean, Guadalupe, right. we lived in the Dominican Republic. My um, au pair down in the Dominican, she was Haitian and my parents tried to get her a visa to come back. And it was at the time you, you couldn't like Haiti was going through a war, right. like they couldn't come back. Um, and it was just interesting to hear that at three years old, I was already just curious as to why my preschool was all white kids. Like why a three-year-old, you know, I, right. I asked where are the chocolate, you know, the chocolate kids, cause I'm assuming I'd never heard black or white. Right. I'm, I'm, right. that's what I'm assuming. Um, but you know, so then to come back and we grew up in a predominantly white, thankfully we still had travel. So like my parents made sure that we were as, as exposed as possible. Um, but not only, you know, for me, it was my mom's Jewish, my dad's Christian. I, like you said, you were the only white, white child, you know, through your K through 12, even college, most likely I, there was not another, there was not one other child in my entire education K through 12, who even not alone was Jewish, but even knew what the word Hanukkah was. And so my mom's, my mom's from LA. And so she, you know, they had got school off during that time. So it was interesting. And I always felt, um, kind of like something was wrong with me, if that makes sense. Cause it was just like, nobody like knew my mom would come to my classroom and teach people how to play dreidel and would teach them what the candles meant. And I just feel like there was something different. And like, that's what, I guess that's why I'm bringing this up is because I think with us having a kid on the way and with everything, I don't want different to be bad, but my whole upbringing, I felt different and I wanted to suppress that. I didn't want people to know that I came from a mixed religious household because Everybody right. in my hometown was a Christian. And I thought something was wrong with me because I couldn't be classified as that. And that really affected me in like middle school and high school when everybody was doing wildlife and young life and I didn't partake in it. And I've actually never really opened up about this to be completely honest. I think now it's just something I talk about with, with Casey because yeah. I mean, he's Catholic. Like we have every religion going on up in here, but it's something that I have personally suppressed because again, I don't know why, but I've associated different in my life with meaning, oh, I'm not normal or I'm, you know, and that's where I'm just like, wait, different isn't bad. Like that's what right. we're hoping right. to educate. Right. So is, I don't know. I guess that, that's- yeah. That's like literally that feeling that you had of like, Ooh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm different. So let me not tell anybody about that. That's the exact same feeling that, you know, every black kid, comes in, but you know, in, in our, in our case, we can't disguise that. Like we can't, our, yeah. our race is immediately divulged. We're immediately different. We're immediately yeah. a threat 
not only just uh, different, were immediately looked at as threatening um, and less than. And you got to think about like what that does to, you know, the, the psyche of a black child growing up in America. So that's and I and, literally and, could not imagine. And that's that's what why you know having parents like you is so important for those black children that you know may be in you know my similar circumstances because we need those kids to grow up seeing color, seeing color, seeing the differences, but appreciating them for those differences and knowing that that's not how, yes, that is, that is different, but that's not how you define someone. You define someone by their heart, the way they treat others and really just drilling that home because, you know, the, at the end of the day, that black kid needs support. They need a friend and it's, it's harder. It's harder for, uh, you know, black kids like that, especially growing up in predominantly white areas to, you know, be seen as normal, which is yeah. which is heartbreaking. So the fact that For you're sure. so focused on raising, um, you know, a child who is aware of race, but isn't threatened by race or doesn't yeah. think more highly of themselves because of their race is something that you know, it's a conversation like we all want to tell our kids, like, you know, you're the best, you're like, you're yeah. doing it, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, like, we still have to say, like, you are, you know, your white skin does not make you better than any no. other skin color of the kids in your classroom. Yeah. We've already started talking about, I mean, granted, it's a few years off, but we right. do still live in a predominantly white neighborhood and we're, or town. And we've talked a lot about, you know, Hey, maybe we'll do swimming lessons in like the town over, you know what I mean? Like we'll try and like, as parents, what can we do to just make sure yeah. that our kiddos will be exposed? Yeah. Cause obviously, you know, it's hard with sports. Like, you know, you were a competitive athlete. It's hard mm-hmm. to maybe travel, you know, distances for that if, you know, whatever. But in terms of, especially when they're younger, you know, you can, do circle time in a different neighborhood or, you know, a different town, or you can do swimming lessons in a different town and just attempt to make that effort to, right. um, you know, obviously travel is a big thing for us as well, but you never know what actual exposure they're going to get and what, you know, in that sense. So we've, it's just all this new, t- new conversation where I'm like, Oh weird. I, I've never thought that I would even be thinking of like, okay, we're for sure going to try and find, you know, a library in a bigger town to try and just be around other kiddos during reading time or whatever. And again, this is, you know, just for all sorts of diversity and everything, but it is something that I'm trying to actively think about, like you said, I guess being a future parent, but also just bettering, you know, the chances of, um, not just teaching from books, if that makes right, sense, like right, fully yeah. in in life. Um, but I did want to ask you, you know, like a few questions in terms of, you know, I've gotten questions actually through social media about people asking, you know, well, what, what do you intend to do with your, you know, with your content to include diversity? Or they've asked me how I, how I hope to attract um, more black females to my content and, or to my audience and, that's a, that's hard for me to answer because I don't know. I, I feel like, especially, you know, with you and I being within the social media space, I would like to say that you and I are pretty organic with what we put out, what we're going through. We share the hard stuff, the good stuff. You know, I feel like we're very open about a lot of that. Um, I know for me, you know, going through the miscarriage and sharing all of that, I don't feel like I was 
talking to a, a racial audience, if that makes sense. Like for me, it was like, this is my story. This, you know, I don't right. care. Right. Red, green. If you've gone through this, I get it. You know, I, I, we all have different stories, but how, how do I include my more diversity within my content? Or, uh, you know, I know a big thing for me is creating just a sustainable lifestyle around this topic and, you know, making it more integrated into my life. And so I don't know, is that something that you can talk, talk to or add to? I mean, I don't, yeah, yeah I don't I know. Think- it's not like I have like a ton of collaborations. So it's like, I don't know how to <laughs> get into, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh gosh, that's such a great question. And I don't, I genuinely don't have an answer. Yeah. I think to start, I would like to just address the fact that I'm even again, speaking on your podcast about this issue. Like that's, that's a start. Like that's what um, amplifying black voices is all about. Right. Just like creating a space for us to be Mm -hmm. heard. I I don't know if you, you know, uh, have noticed some of the ways that like, I'm just going to call out someone who I think is doing an incredible job of it um, and kind of in creating a space for Black voices. I don't know if you follow Whitney Simmons, but she's been... yeah. She's been... Phenomenal. Yes, phenomenal with creating creating a space and just also being... Like, it wasn't just like a one-time thing type deal, like something that is sustainable, like you said. So continuously sharing um, educational... Uh, resources, uh, continuing to invite diversity into your life and into your platform, whether that's through your podcast, through um, tough conversations like this, through um, different educational things that you're putting into your life, sharing your thoughts about things. Like, I love that you said you're having these conversations with Casey. I would love to hear some of your takeaways from things. Yeah. Like I would, I would yeah. love for you to share, okay, we, we read this book to my belly last night. This is the topic that came up. This is the conversation I had with Casey and this is what we took away from it. And this is the actionable step that I'm going to take moving forward and sharing that yeah. with your audience. So it's almost like, you know, you're, you're doing the, you're doing the cliff notes, like you're doing the work. For, for, for sure. So kind of like sharing that, I would love, like as a black woman, I would love to hear like your takeaways yeah. from, from things like that, but also, and I'm not saying that, um, like you, you should do this. I just thought that this was one of the things that Whitney did was she actually reached out to me and asked me to film just kind of what I normally do on my page. And she told me that she was going to post it on her page just because she kind of, she didn't, she never knew about how, the Instagram algorithm is actually extremely racist in itself. Um, So she took it upon herself to say, okay, I'm going to use my platform to create a safe space for you just to be seen and just to like, just for people to see what, see what you are, are doing. So like being able to work things like that into like your content, whether it's like, Hey, this is a, this is a black woman that I, or a voice that, I was inspired by this is why and making that part of your content schedule. Like, I don't know. I don't know how a lot of people put everyone's got their own style of how they schedule their things. But for me, it's lately it's been, okay, 
I'm gonna address this on my page once a week. I don't know how um, yet, but because my posts yeah. are very like in the moment, right? Like they're very like, yep. I was I drove by this. This pissed me off, or I felt some type of way about yeah. this. Or me like right my so like my page isn't super planned like that, but um, once a week I want to bring attention to just like either whether it's my experience or like making sure I'm doing something once a week to move forward, move the conversation forward. So like something like this, like even recording this podcast, like this is my one thing for the week that I'm doing to continue the conversation. You know what? I would love, and I'm just talking on the spot, to eventually, maybe like in a few months, maybe before baby comes or something, but to have Casey on with you, I just think that would be like us three. I just think that'd be such a fun dynamic conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you know, I learn so much when I hop on a podcast with him because like, you know, I just press play and we just go. And so Mm -hmm. I learned so much in the moment and, um, that's kind of how I feel right now. We're watching these shows and I just press pause and I'm like, okay, I I feel dumb saying this, but like, and then I'll bring something up, you know, or I'll, I'll create a conversation. And he's just like, you know, same, same thing, but it's all, he'll, he'll say something, but it's also, I can tell we came from very different backgrounds. And so it's just interesting, you know, to have those conversations. And I would love to have like, not you on as like a facilitator, but just like, you know, this is something that, I think just that we can further educate because a lot of times the, our, our conversations, they're great, but they don't go mm-hmm. anywhere because we don't actively know what that next step would be kind of a thing. Um, right. You know, but even it was interesting hearing you talk about, you know, you being lighter skinned and one of our favorite books right now, it's called Soul We. And mm-hmm. it is so adorable, but it's about this little girl who comes from, you know, her mom is lighter skinned and her, her dad and black, but lighter skinned and her dad is a little bit lighter skin, but you know, darker, but she's the color of midnight and her sister's the color of dawn. And it's all about this little girl, not loving the color of her skin because people associate her with darkness and associate her with nighttime, whereas people associate her sister. Yes. And people associate her sister with dawn and honey. And, you know, and she has all these adjectives Mm -hmm. and she, you know, talks about this little girl, like using an eraser on her skin. And, but then it's just this beautiful story of how, dawn needed night, you know, like morning, like the sun needed the moon. And it's just this like beautiful story about accepting, obviously it was based around skin color, but it just also showed just that beauty of how everybody, the the morning needed the night and the night needed morning, like how we all need each other in order Ooh, for, you know, that. people would, yeah. And it was like, they said how, you know, for three days it was the, cause nighttime ran away. And so for three full days, it was only sun. So only sun and only dawn and how all the workers got overworked and how all the, yep. you know, nobody had, nobody had the stars and nobody was able to dream. And so dawn went mm-hmm. looking for night, you know, but it was just so beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, we all have our place, right? Like we all have that specific place. And anyways, just this, such a sweet, I have chills just even thinking about just this sweet yeah. little, kids book but I love that it is based around skin color but it goes so much deeper than that and it's just such a beautiful thing and so for Casey and I to read that but then to hear you talking about you know you being of a lighter skin which even puts you in a different category of this whole Mm -hmm. conversation and that's just so new to me to even to even see um but I did actually want to ask you about that so really quickly I don't even know if this is I is okay so I always tend to feel uncomfortable when I use the word black people, 
but when I'm what I'm learning now is like I used to say like people of color or POC, but I'm learning that that's actually not accurate. Like you want to say black. And is that right? Yeah. I think, you know, people of color. I feel like I'm pointing out a race, like I'm discriminating. Right. And I, I, you're not, let me just, (laughs) let me just start by saying calling (laughs) someone a black person is not discriminatory. And I think even that thought of calling someone black being discriminatory is a problem in itself. Okay. Um, like I, like I have no problem calling my white counterparts white because I know they're not going to take offense to that, you know? So if, when you, when you flip it like that, it's like, Oh, okay, well, no, like I should be able to call you black because that's what you are. And, um, you know, I get the hesitancy because of all of the horrible names that, you know, terms that have been used in the past to describe black people. Um, The terms that I would stay away from are, you know, like colored and, um, you know, anything that having to do with obviously not saying that you ever would, but like the N word, things like that, um, which is something that I don't, it's not even in my vocabulary as a black woman. It was never accepted in my household. Um, in mine, yeah, I'm, never, ever. I'm not one of those black families that like ours, our, our family doesn't use that word. We don't choose to take the power back or anything like that. And not, not uh, judging any other black family that does, but that's just something my family is a personal decision. We steer clear from that, but you know, calling, calling someone a person of color that's just a very broad term. So yeah. Well, yes. Well, yes. Every person of color has their different struggles and different oppressions and different ways that they get discriminated against. There are very specific ways that, you know, black people in America um, have been discriminated against that by calling them a person of color almost dilutes the acknowledgement of those discriminations. So I prefer to be called a a black person, uh, a black woman. Uh, There's a few like black non-indigenous people terms that are like going around right now. Uh, That's just too much for me. I like, I think it's BIPOC is the word that's coming, coming around. And personally, I, and I'm not speaking for the entire black community, but that just makes me feel like a science experiment. (laughs) Like just call me. Just call me a black person. That's what, yeah. that's what I am. I'm proud to be black. Um, so yeah, I definitely don't want you to feel any discomfort, discomfort around that. But you know, as far as me being a lighter skinned black woman, you know, I have darker skinned people in my immediate family. My my dad is very is darker. My, my sister, my brother, everyone is, is darker. My mom, um, my mom actually, that's kind of a crazy story. My mom actually used to pass as white in her school. So she didn't get bullied and discriminated against all the way up. Through wow. High school. So she told me actually like last week how my mom, she's, she looks almost like Italian or something. Like she's got like an okay. olive skin tone, but um, she's got an olive skin tone, but she is very fair skin. Um, she's got like a, a, you know, a different texture 
of hair. So she could mm-hmm. easily pass, which she did as white. Um, and she would, my mom told me a story how all she wanted in junior high was to be on the, be a cheerleader, be on the cheerleading team. So she would try to pass. She would listen to all these horrible things that the white kids in her class would say about the N word, this N word, that N word, this, and would say about black people. And she just would never say anything. She would never stand up. She would never say anything because she would just want to pass. So she didn't have to deal with it. And then when she said there was one other black boy who would walk into the classroom and then everyone would be silent and everyone would be kind of nice to his face, but never really be kind to him. So she, she passed. So you know, it's, it's very, there's a, we could have a whole podcast, Carly, just about, but actually I know in itself, but yeah, there's a, it's a lot of I, layers you know, I, all the layers are uncomfortable. So yeah. Yeah. And you know, but I, one thing I think that I'm realizing is I think a lot of this discomfort and uncomfortable parts of these conversations, I think might stem from my own issues within my own ability to, um, I don't want to say classify myself, but I've always, uh, steered clear of titles and of, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's because I've never known exactly how to title myself. I know you and I talked about different like hats and titles in our last podcast, but you know, for a big thing for me was the whole religion aspect of life. And a big thing for me has been, you know, being able to classify yourself as an athlete or as, you know, what is that title? And so I think I've steered clear um, because I struggled with maybe, maybe even still, maybe being 31 and now I'm pregnant and all, like, I just, I think I still struggle to put myself into a, a place or a space out of fear of either judgment or out of fear of, well, can I, can I consider myself that, um, job title or that religion or whatever. Like, do I know enough to be classified as that? Or, you know, so I feel like maybe it's um, my own insecurities and my own struggles within my life. So it's like, oh, okay. I don't know if I want to categorize somebody else as black. Yes, you clearly are. But I get into my head with like, oh, maybe they don't want to be titled, you know, because I'm, I struggle with my own self-acceptance of titles. And so I'm realizing that maybe it's my own growth that I need to go through to understand that you know, that's not the case for everybody. And some titles are <laughs> very clear, you know, they're, they're right. not even necessarily, you know, it's, it's, I'm white, you know, things like that. Like, I just feel like I just, again, I think it goes back to me needing to learn that different doesn't mean bad, but I think that I struggled okay. a lot with that because different sometimes did associate me with negativity in my life. And so yeah, and I think I'm just, now learning like you. That's not just you. Every, like, yeah. That's what we're all taught from, from the yeah. very beginning through media. That's not some, like a, I don't want you to feel like alone or anything in that because, you know, yeah, I, feel, so true. I feel the exact same way. Like I, I know I'm different. Um, and, and it sucks because like, obviously we're all so different, but at the end of the day, like being able, I think the just message that I want to be able to tell people is that like, we should be noticing differences. And like you said, it's about unlearning the fact that different is bad and different is scary and different is intimidating. Uh, Different is, is beautiful. Different. It it brings new perspectives. It it learns learning things like that. So it's, it's really just, it's something we both 
on and everybody on both sides, everybody needs to start on learning that different is bad or intimidating. I think that is such an incredible just message to leave everyone. Like if anybody's not hearing anything else, like I hope that that's like the one thing people do learn or take away. And, and like, you know, like you, you know, I keep saying it's going to be a continued conversation, right? It's not going to be something that we're going to wake up tomorrow or listen to this podcast and we're like, Oh, okay. Awesome. Different doesn't mean bad. Got it. You know? And and I know for myself, I'm listening to you talk and I'm just like, Oh, this is my therapy session. Like maybe I have a few more, you know, a few more things I need to work out. But I think that kind of comes down to, a lot of our ability to change, right? Like, like you and I were saying, you know, change requires discomfort, but we can apply that to fitness. We can require, you know, apply that to relationships, to business, to anything. And I think that that's something that, you know, you were saying earlier in the podcast and I forgot to mention it. I think when we see things that are hard or uncomfortable or are going to take a lot of growth, a lot of us shy away from it, right? I think you and I could really recognize that with our clients for for fitness, right? They see, oh, well, this is going to be a lot of life change and self-change and self-work. And is this something I really want to go through? Because they maybe have that ultimate goal, right? Like they want to change their body. They want to change their mindset. They want to fulfill that why. But that's hard work, right? And I think that a lot of us, you know, maybe everybody, people listening to this podcast, we can all apply these things when it comes to that one statement. Change requires discomfort in any aspect of your life. So why is right. this any different? Is it going to be hard? Absolutely. Is it uncomfortable? One million percent. Is it easier to maybe just stick on the path that we're on right now? Probably, sure. right? Like, yeah. But is that the change that we, maybe for our lifetime, it won't really matter. So there's a lot of people writing it off. But what about our kids and what about the people after us and what about those people who are suffering? And so that's where I'm just like, okay, if change requires discomfort, I can look at all the areas of my life that I have allowed that discomfort to seep in and I grow from again, fitness, relationships, business, you and I talked about a whole slew of business things that were uncomfortable last episode. So why is this any different? And I, I just hope that people listening can be like, okay, that's so true. Like, I've gone through some hard shit in my life and I've made it through, but it does require uncomfortable conversations and it does require, maybe you leave a relationship you're in, right? Because that relationship wasn't taking you on, you know, the path that you were hoping to, to go on or whatever. And I just don't want this to be any different. And I think that's something that I'm having to learn. Um, and I'm, yeah, a lot of self-growth, a lot of education, but it is, it's something that it's, like I said, even within this, with this chat, it's helping me just realize there's a train of thought that maybe I've had or a narrative that I've had throughout life. And you can apply that to so many other things. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm glad, I'm sad this was brought to my attention in the way that it has been brought to my attention, but I'm also thankful and hopeful if those are like the right terms I I can use. I I 100% agree with that. And just to kind of like cap off the, this conversation, I just think that because I love what you said so much change requires discomfort, but like it also, and this is the same in fitness, like it requires action. Right. So like it, I, at the end of the day, like I, I want you to feel those feelings of discomfort, but I don't want you to sit there in that discomfort. Yeah. And that's, uh, I so want true. you to take that 
and let it fuel your actions and fuel the decisions that you're, you're going out in the world and making fuel that, you know, when you see something unjust happening, fuel that decision to step in and be like yeah. a true ally in the moment and continue to find ways to show up and, uh, like, and that's the same thing in fitness, continue to continue to show up for the best for continue to get in that gym, continue to show up and take real action. Cause we can sit here and have a million uncomfortable conversations, but if you aren't applying that to real action, it doesn't matter. So yep. my whole thing that I want people to take away from this is yes, change requires these uncomfortable conversations. It requires discomfort, but it also requires action fueled from that mm-hmm. discomfort and that is just action and, and real. Um, that's how we're going to get real results in yeah. fitness no, and I, in life. <laughs> right? But I love that reminder because that's so, so true. Um, and I think maybe right now some of my action maybe feels halted because so much of my focus has been on um, the kiddo, right? Like, okay, how can I make this applicable within and integrated within our home? Um, right. And I do hope, you know, anybody who is listening to this podcast, they, I mean, they've been over on my Instagram and I, the biggest things that I have been sharing are the conversations that I've been learning from a lot of educators and black educators on Mm -hmm. these series that they've been putting out there of how to have these conversations with families. Or it's like some of the ones I've been watching, they talk about how you can bring differences and show color to a zero to three month old, right? And then a six month old and just learning about the development of a baby, and how these right. things are already starting, but we don't right. take the time to recognize that. And so it's just been really eye-opening for me. So like that's definitely the content I've been sharing because that's where mm-hmm. I feel fueled. But I also feel like that's where I know wholeheartedly I can take action. Um, yeah. And like you said, like that's so important to me because yes, I'm loving these conversations I'm having with Casey, but so accurate. Like it, it's not just discomfort, it's action. And that's where I'm like, okay this is where I'm choosing to take part in things at the moment. But that's, you know, that's what I'm finding I'm attracted to, right? When somebody shares something that will help me from maybe a kiddo's perspective, because that's where my, my knowledge level is at at the moment, like in terms of, and I think I that's beautiful. Start- I think that's perfect, Carly. I, I yeah. wanted to like even say like, you said your action feels halted. I don't think there's anything about what you just said that is halted at all. I think that the fact that you are you are taking real steps. You are having conversations. You're thinking about, you know, the type of person that you want to bring into this world. Like that's where the real difference is going to, like, that's the real difference. That's the real hard work. So like, I don't want you to discount that work at all because that, you know, it is, it is very, and it's, it's very important. And I, I wish more people, you know, would. So I want to just, you know, take the time to acknowledge you for that because, you know, this is an uncomfortable space to move in and raise and bring a kid into. So yeah, um, like, 1, I think that you're, what you're doing is, is very appreciated and important. Well, thank you. And I mean, I just want, I mean, before I let you go, if there's anything that you want to add for the listeners or for anything, and again, I'll put anything down in the show notes. Um, I would just love to hear that again. I feel like I have 10 more 10 more questions just off the top of my head we could go into, but this is a conversation, like you said, that will be continued along with action. And so it's something that whether or not you and I have it on the side or on the podcast again, all of that. Um, But yeah, is there anything that through all the fuel and through all the um, 
I think even voice growth that I've watched you go through these last few weeks in terms of, I I say voice growth because I feel like you've always had it, but it's like now you're just Mm -hmm. really taking the time to educate, but also open up from an emotional level. And I love that because I connect more with emotion. Um, If it's just like spat out, uh, you know, statistics or whatever, I don't necessarily connect 100%. So I love that with you, I get to um, connect to an emotion. And again, it might resonate with me differently than somebody else, but um, I think that's so important. I think that's one thing I always say with a lot of my girls is that we can all be on different journeys, but we can resonate very similarly. And I think that a lot of us can resonate through emotion. Um, so I appreciate you sharing your emotion. Um, is there anything that you would like to leave us with? Or, you know, I would also love eventually, hopefully like another episode, you'd ask me uncomfortable questions. I think that would be a great thing for me to learn from. So, you know, this was my opportunity to ask you a lot of things that are on my heart from me learning, but I also do, like I said at the beginning, I'm comfortable enough with you to get uncomfortable. And I think Mm -hmm. that would be a really awesome, um, maybe next step, you know, Hey, let's, let's have, let's let's flip the script because I would love to learn that way. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners would as well. So if there's anything you'd like to leave all of us with, I would love it. I just, you know, the, the number one thing that I've learned through all of this, honestly, and this is, it isn't just based around race. Uh, it's unfortunate that it took the like brutal murders of the individuals, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and, and so, so, so many others um, to make me step up and find my voice and make me have the emotional like videos and conversations that I've been putting out there. I hate that that's what it took, but the power that I feel from like accepting all of me finally, and, and when I say that, it it's includes my skin color, like, and being able to ad- finally address things that have been on my heart and soul since like growing up. Um, and ju- I just feel very, very empowered. So like, I just want to encourage people always, always lead with your authentic voice and don't be afraid to be vulnerable. And I'm, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> don't yeah. be afraid to be emotional because like, that's how you make a real connection with people. And that's how you can create real change where people can, you know, see themselves, you know, being able to put themselves in your shoes and feel that real emotion. Like that's how that real change is. So in anything in life, if you, any type of story, any cause that you are passionate about, whatever it is, lead with your heart, lead with compassion. And, and I think that's the way that we get our voices heard. I love that. And I think my girls are going to, I've been saying a lot lately, uh, lead with love and lead with kindness. Um, Mm -hmm. I think through everything, I've definitely learned that it might take 10 emotions to go through before we can get to that, right? Like before you can lead with compassion and lead with love and kindness, you might have to process a lot of emotions before that. But Mm -hmm. I just think if people would acknowledge that it's okay to allow yourself to go through those emotions, but don't act out of those emotions, right? Like lead with compassion and lead with love and lead with kindness. Get through the other bullshit, right? Like get through (laughs) those emotions, allow yourself to feel them. But yep. how you're going to take that step, that's just – I love that you brought that up because I've been addressing that a lot lately. So I think that that's very um, 
just connects and ties everything together. So I appreciate you so much, Danielle. And I know that this is just the beginning of this conversation, more conversations. Obviously, I know you and I already had an entirely different podcast plan that I was like, we're going (laughs) to dissect like the side of things because I am just all over this, you know, getting digging in deep with you. But um, I know that that's one thing that's so special about you and our friendship is that I love that in such a short amount of time, less than knowing you for a year, I feel like I can just touch on so many things with you. And I hope that you take away the fact that that's, that's the human being you are. That's not the fact that I'm going to drag it out of anybody. That's the human being you are. That's the, the light that you put out there. That's the drive, the excitement, the joy, um, and downright passion. So I just hope that you can know that. Um, and I also want to, you know, fully admit if I can ever be a better friend in any way, that is something I would love to be called out on. I think that a lot of us need to, you know, again, from coming from a place of compassion, but I think that's how we grow as well. So right. I appreciate you so, so much. Yes. And uh, everybody. Am, thank you <laughs> so much. I just have to stop you there. I have to jump in and say thank you. No, this you're. Is, this is something that, you know, I would love to continue talking about these things. I, I also too feel so comfortable with you as well. And I just, you know, these conversations, if people find them helpful, like I'm a thousand percent willing to continue having, because at the end of the day, that's what we're both here for. It's just to help people. 100%. I fully agree. And as always, you guys, I will have all of Danielle's information down below. Uh, whether or not you just go to, uh, Get her hype action and with her pre-workout on her <laughs> stories. It will just get you going. Uh, but also, like I said, just to feel her joy and her emotion and her empathy and just passion overflow on her on her page, you will um, you'll be changed. You'll be touched. So definitely head over there. All of her information is down below. And Danielle, just thank you again. And I know I'll have you on again soon. So <laughs> you don't have to wait too long. But um, everybody Sounds listening, make it a great day and we'll catch you in the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Your continued support means more than you know. If you enjoyed today's podcast, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well as screenshot this episode and share it on your social media. I would like to thank each and every one of you as well as my editor and producer, Michael, for making this podcast possible. I appreciate each of you so much. And if you'd like to know more about me or follow me on other social medias, you can find me on all platforms at Carly Andell. Thank you again, and I'll catch you in the next episode.